Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You will find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. In researching this episode, I found a lot of statistics. Do you know that the CDC reports that one in four people in the U.S. struggle with a learning disability? It's hard to believe there are that many. And today we'll focus on dyslexia, which according to the Yale Center for Dyslexia and Creativity, affects 20% of the population and represents 80 to 90% of all learning disabilities. Yeah, that's uh, significant, obviously. And let's add one more layer. According to Forbes magazine, an estimated 8.7 million adults in the U.S. have ADHD, which is not identified as a learning disability, but instead more social-emotional. The two intersect in this statistic from attitude.com. About 50 to 60% of people with ADHD also have a learning disability. So to help us unwind all of these statistics, perhaps correct them if they're not incorrect, if they're not correct, and talk about her own experience with ADHD and dyslexia is Alex Gilbert. Alex's career in leadership development inspired her to become a career coach for adults with ADHD and dyslexia. Capable, spelled C-A-P-E, consulting, which is her company, has expanded to support adults in learning disabilities across the spectrum, bringing together her lived experience with a passion for supporting neurodivergent adults in their day-to-day so they feel supported and are able to reach their highest potential. Alex aims to change the stigma surrounding learning disabilities by showing people what they are capable of in their work and personal lives. Alex is a New Yorker, a Mets fan, and being a Red Sox fan, I don't know how I feel about that, but we're going to go on anyway. (laughs) A speaker, a mom, a brunch enthusiast. I love that. She also has dyslexia and ADHD. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And if you're a Red Sox fan, it means we both hate the Yankees. That is true. true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for having me. I I love talking about mental health and how it really overlaps with learning disabilities and ADHD because I think that um, I don't think people realize how much it intersects. And I think that this is going to be a really interesting conversation for people to sit in on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we usually don't kind of front load with statistics, but uh, we wanted to frame this episode in a way that um, kind of allows for complexity. So Alex, let's start. um, Let's back up a little bit towards the beginning and tell us a bit of your story. Sure. So I was really privileged to have been diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD at the age of eight and had resources all the way through college. And that is... I didn't realize was as unique in this in this realm because mm. um, I, I thought that there was more of us. And unfortunately, what I found that most people that I work with are not in that category. They're usually diagnosed later in life, especially if they're a woman or if they're a person of color. 
So I had all these resources all the way through college and nothing exists when you're an adult and in the workplace. So all Mm. the resources that I had were kind of apples and oranges. I didn't necessarily know how to advocate for myself, even though I had created a mentor retention program for students with disabilities at Indiana University. I was teaching people how to advocate for themselves. And I didn't know how to advocate for myself in the workplace because it is very, very different. I didn't know what resources were available, if any. I didn't know how to find my strengths. I really struggled tremendously with my mental health because all the resources I had ever had had then been pulled out from under me. And I was expected to figure it out. I've Mm. had all the tools, but they're, as I said, very different. And the reason I wanted to go into this business was something that I have had a passion for since I was 16, because I wanted to help people learn about their strengths and figure out how they can apply them to their life and to their workplace. And I had spent this decade in work in program and leadership development, helping other people learn about their strengths. And I was laid off due to COVID. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm done doing this for other people. I need to start doing this for adults who have ADHD, who have learning disabilities and was so alarmed by the amount of people who were being diagnosed now. So here I was having all those resources as a kid and had a foundation for it. And now you have adults who are getting a diagnosed and don't know any of that and don't have any of the resources as an adult in the workplace or at home or anything like that. So this is really how it came about. And I've been loving every moment of it and helping people reminding them what they're capable of. Love that. That's awesome. And I think you bring up a very good point that, um, so Serena and I have supported parents whose kids struggle in some way for, I don't know, about 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. And the idea that people want to, um, draw lines, right? Like, oh, that person, well, and society draws lines, right? Like that person gets an IEP because they have a specific learning disability. And yet what I heard from you is you struggled with your mental health because of that. And Uh I think so many people get into that mental health like space. I, I know this was true for our own child, smart kid, really capable um, really struggled with mental health and it affected everything. Right. And I, so I think learning disabilities can, it, it basically, what I'm saying is I think it can, it's just kind of a circle, right? It's a kind of a vicious circle. If you have a learning disability, you might struggle with your mental health. If you have your, uh, if you have a mental health struggle, you might struggle with, you know, learning in the classroom. So let's, yeah. yeah. I mean, Oh, I was going to say if, To just bring that into a perspective of what that actually looks like. Imagine being a kid. I'll I'll give myself as an example, and then I'll give somebody who is undiagnosed. Someone who is diagnosed and is constantly being pulled out. I was bullied by teachers Mm -hmm. and being called stupid in class over and over again because I couldn't keep up. I was constantly being othered, Mm -hmm. and that weighed on me. I didn't want people to think I was stupid, even though teachers were calling me stupid in front of other students. Mm. Now put it in perspective of someone who is undiagnosed and you are the kid who is constantly trying to keep up with everybody else and you don't understand why you can't. And you are stressing yourself out and 
an overachiever because that is a lot of what I see Mm -hmm. that just spend hours and hours and hours just trying to force themselves to do something when it's hard. That also really weighs on your mental health. So I, I feel like that that's really important to the nuances of where that mental health piece really overlaps because my diagnosis, I was describing intense anxiety at seven. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just something that happened overnight. It is, it really blends in like side by side. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's look at some of those challenges just in case we have listeners who maybe aren't quite as aware of what some of the things are that one might look for. So what are some of the challenges that adults with learning disabilities or ADHD, what what challenges do they find in the workplace or even at home? It could be at home. So what are the things you notice in your clients? I would say time management being a, a big challenge, time blindness, I would say, meaning you, um, you, you just have no concept of time. So you might say something takes you 20 minutes and it really takes you two hours. Just really frustrated by that. You might be disorganized. You might read something too quickly and you've completely misinterpreted. You might send emails that are to the wrong person um, because you didn't read fast enough. You might interpret something totally different. You might struggle with um, the ability to focus. Your hours in the workplace might not make sense for you and you are staring at your computer for hours before you can even really do any of the work that you're trying to do. You might struggle with this constant context switching, meaning we're talking to moms. You're going from chaos at home before you even sit down at your desk. And now you have three hours worth of meetings and then you have to do work. The the ability to move from task to task can be really consuming. These are just some examples, and I'm not saying that this is the only types of examples, and you might have one piece and think, well, now do I have ADHD? I I think that me sharing this might shed light on what it could look like, but again, this is not an official diagnosis. This might just be things that you might want to think about and talk to a doctor or a professional um, therapist to, to really distinguish if These are things that you have experienced since you were a child, because that's really how you can get a diagnosis of this. But individually, some of this might sound like burnout. So that's why I I feel like I need to make sure that it's not just a blanket statement. Yeah. So you've uh, created um, a company, right? Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, consulting uh, with a very intentional name. So we'd love for you to kind of talk about where that name came from. um, And then, you know, maybe about like uh, some of the gifts that come with having a learning disability or ADHD. It's not, you know, I I think maybe I'm going, you know, I don't know if I want to speak for you, but I think you would perhaps not refer to it as a disability. I I think this is the perfect segue of the name and why I named it and all the special gifts that I, I really do believe I have because of having dyslexia and ADHD. Capable has three meanings for me. One, I spell it C-A-P-E, capable. One, because I thought that's how you spelled capable. Um, <laughs> so that's a play to my dyslexia. I, I remember like I, I wrote it out and I sent it to my my sister and she's like, oh, that's so smart. Like cape, 
capable. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, that's not how you spell capable. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was that. Two, I wanted to remind people what they were capable of because people are often told that they are stupid or less than, or that's how they feel about their disability. And the third was, I really wanted people to have a cape, to understand that they brought tremendous strengths to home and to the workplace. And I wanted them to feel like they had a little bit of a super power in that, which can be um, really frustrating thing for people to say, how could you call a disability such as dyslexia or ADHD, something you struggle with every single day as a superpower? And I will blend this into the strengths piece, because I think that this is really important When you hear about a superhero, the only person who is thinking about those negative traits are the villain. And you do not need to be your own villain. Mm. You have so many strengths that everyone around you is seeing. And I want you to see that for yourself. Someone who has dyslexia and ADHD is an out-of-the-box thinker. They are seeing the big picture and the little details all at once. They are storytellers. They are the kind of person that could simplify very complicated information for the average person. That's really valuable skills to have, not just to teach children, but in companies who are trying to maybe sell a product to an unknown audience. You might see it and say, I know exactly how we can get from point A to point B, and other people will not even come close to seeing that. There are strengths that people have in terms of their ability to focus. I think people think when you have ADHD that you can't focus. We focus on the things that we are interested in. So sometimes it pulls us in directions we don't necessarily want. But if we are in the flow, we could do eight hours worth of work in two hours. Mm. We could be completely zoned in and really accomplish a lot. Those are really big strengths that people admire When you're not looking around, people are admiring you for that. And we tend to be in situations where we're doing tasks that are hard and not challenging. And what I mean by hard is you were overcompensating for all the skills that you lack continuously rather than being challenged by the things that you are naturally good at and excited to do. So um, I really wanted to pull that out because I wanted people to understand that there are so many strengths you likely bring to the table if you are in this category. So we, you know, you know, you work with a lot of um, different people, and mm-hmm. um, this is probably a really big question. But do you have some maybe tips for supporting someone with a learning disability and/or ADHD? Like, what are what are sort of the go tos? I'm gonna backtrack on that question because I think the tips could be related to something specific. So are you thinking of tasks at home? Are you thinking of tasks at work? Are you thinking of managing the day-to-day? Where are you wanting to focus that question? Because I would have different answers. Sure. Let's let's think about it in terms of the workplace. Okay. In the workplace, um, I get asked this question a lot of whether or not do you disclose that you have these types Mm. of disabilities or not. And this is a very, very personal choice. I have a lot of um, people who I work with who are adamantly do not want to share that they have this disability. That is perfectly within reason. I am the type of person 
um, who disclosed on every single job interview I ever had that I had dyslexia and ADHD because I wanted to emphasize the strengths and things that made me different as a mm-hmm. candidate. Here's what I will say. You are likely going to struggle with those tasks that I mentioned that were hard versus challenging. And if you are in a job where you are spending a majority of your time doing tasks that are hard and not challenge, it is likely affecting your mental health and burning you out very quickly because you are exhausted by constantly doing those hard tasks. So this is where I would say you would likely want to reevaluate your workplace. But let's say you are in a job where you are doing more of the tasks that are challenging for you and not as many hard tasks. You can advocate for yourself without disclosing that you have a disability, but you need to know what you want out of the conversation before you go into it. So if you are struggling with, let's say, time management and follow through on different tasks, can you set up more time with your manager to make sure you are on the same page and giving you goalposts to really meet? If you are struggling in long meetings and let's say that they are being recorded, uh, we're using Zoom right now. Zoom has this wonderful new feature where it sends a summary. You can have a summary made of your conversation so that you can go back to it. You could also ask for those meetings to be recorded and to have transcripts. And you could take the transcripts and put it into ChatGBT and look through in bullet points if that's easier for you. But it's more, what can you do with the tools that are already being provided to you so that you can maximize your confidence in those tasks? Um, I would say tools that I always recommend having on any computer are things like Speechify, which you, which reads all of your documents to you. It could read all of your emails to you. It's also an app on your phone. So if someone were to hand you something that it could read to you. And Grammarly is another great tool because not only does it check your grammar, but it actually checks, let's say you said you were going to send an attachment. It'll remind you there is no attachment there. It'll say you're sending this email to the wrong person Mm -hmm. because you have the title for somebody else. It will check your tone of your email, which tends to be also a challenge that maybe this is coming off too aggressive. Let's tone it down so Mm -hmm. that it's a little more professional and will help you rewrite those. Those are just, I know it's very blanket statement pieces, but I think that those can be really, really important to have in your corner. Awesome. Awesome. So we know that not only are you a busy consultant, you are a mama as well to a little, mm, a little yes. person. And yes. um, so tell us how you take good care of yourself while you're also taking care of your person. That is a great question. I, you know, my daughter is almost 17 months and I think that I need to preface this by saying this is always going to be a learning curve, no matter how old your child is. Every aspect of what you just <laughs> said has changed drastically in every phase that we have been in. Um, I was exclusively pumping for about a year. And so some people would be like, well, that's like 20 minutes at a time. That's for you. I'm like, no, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was not me time. Um, even though I did play games while that was happening. But here, here's what I will say is... Often people tell me 
they have a million things on their to-do list that they are trying to get done. And they show me their to-do list. And I, every time my response is, where are you on this to-do list? Mm. And it's always like 200th on a list of 150. And mm. um, basically, so I always make sure that I am part of my day acknowledging what I need. I also check in with myself every time I finish a meeting, even even right now, like before we were meeting, I was like, okay, Alex, you have like 10 minutes before, what do you need? And I got, I made an espresso and I am, I would like really sat down and enjoyed my my coffee and I could refocus on what it is that I needed. It doesn't have to be mom needs a massage and mom needs a whole day to do nothing. Those are pivotal and important, but also finding little moments that you can check in with yourself. And I will tell this funny story. It's funny now. It was not funny at the time. (laughs) Um, I travel a lot. And my daughter, when she was 11 months old, um, my husband and I went to go visit my sister who lives in California. And my niece is six months younger. And it was like a whole special occasion that we were going to travel on a six-hour flight with a three-hour time zone with an 11-month-old. Um, not for the fainted heart. <laughs> what was also not for the fainted heart was the fact that this flight got diverted twice and we had late we had a layover in Ohio and it was 48 hours of traveling <sighs> with like limited amount of diapers. I was again exclusively pumping. I was drinking gallons of water because of all the up and down on the plane. It was truly a nightmare. And we were in the hotel and there was a TV and I was like, okay, here we go. We're putting on the TV. Like I I need some sanity. And it was an episode of Bluey, which Mm. if you don't know what Bluey is, um, you're welcome because it is a great show. I I love Bluey. I love Bluey. (laughs) And the episode um, was where mom just needs 20 minutes. Mm. And I sat there and cried as I watched this episode because it was like, you're right. Mom just needs 20 minutes. And that's what I would say to you. It's not always like about having the full day to yourself. Although if you can plan those at least once a month and like you and your partner, if you are uh, in a couple can trade off or if you are a single mother and need support, are there people in your network or in your neighborhood? My, my neighbors and I, we all trade date nights off. So we'll watch each other's monitors. So that it's not just about time for ourselves, but it's time with, you know, our partners. There are ways in which you can find time for yourself, even on a crazy day, even if it's 20 minutes, even if it's five minutes. And in between your meetings, you are laying on the floor with your legs up the wall to breathe. That is one of my favorite tiny, tiny things you can do just to give yourself what you need to check in with yourself. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And we are famous for helping people understand how to take good care and remind each other every day about it. Right? So, mm-hmm. Very, very right. true. Very true. Yeah, you need you need a sometimes you just need somebody to remind you too. So yeah. Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today and um giving us some clarity about disabilities and navigating life um, and just adding, you know, we always talk about, you, you talked about tools. We talk about tools all the time too, adding tools mm-hmm. to your toolbox. So we really appreciate yes. that. 
So before we let you go today, I'm just curious if you have anything else you want to put out there to the world. Yes. If you are, if you are a mother who is now being diagnosed with ADHD, this is something that I see a lot. I just need you to know you are not stupid. You are not lazy. You are not less than, and neither is your child who likely got diagnosed at the same time. You have a lot of unique and special qualities that make you a wonderful mother. And you are bringing something to the table that other people might not. And I want you to know that if you need help, help exists, that there are people like me um, and other coaches out there that if you don't connect with my messaging that are out there that you might connect to more, but the support is there and you do not have to do this alone. And one of the best parts about having this diagnosed late is that there is an extended community of people who are right there with you. So I I would say start where you are, whether it's local, start with a doctor, start with a therapist, start with a friend, start with finding the community of people who understand you and can remind you of what you're capable of. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. Yeah. And so podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple podcasts, leave us a review while you're there. Um, We have a lot of awesome reviews and we would love some more. So subscribe, share the podcast with others. You'll find more content on our website. No need to explain podcast.com. You'll also find us on all the socials. Please follow us. We would love to hear from you. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you're also taking care of your people. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.